This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello! Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again, or if this is your first time listening, welcome! This is a super fun episode that was kind of created on a whim, and it is with one of my good friends. Her name is Dr. Dawn Garrison. She is a licensed acupuncturist, and she is one of the most amazing people to talk to, and I am so glad that she agreed to let me record our conversation for this podcast. So it's not going to be as fluid as the episodes usually are. Uh, Her and I, a little bit of a backstory, her and I got together to help film some content for an upcoming program that she has. She is amazing at helping women with infertility and subfertility and all fertility issues through the power of Chinese medicine and acupuncture and acupressure. So we uh, filmed some some content for her upcoming program that she has, and she was gracious enough to allow me to record some of that content to be used on the podcast so that you can hear some of what we were talking about because our conversation was fantastic. And I also interviewed her a little bit um, before and after that for the actual podcast where we could get a little bit more information about who she is and, and some of the things that she sees when she's working with patients. And she's just a really fascinating person to listen to and, and talk to. And honestly, we get together uh, every so often and go for walks. And our conversations are so interesting <laughs> that we I just had to record one of them because we, we geek out on some science stuff all the time. And it's really fun. I mean, it's fun for me. So... <laughs> Uh, maybe you wouldn't find it fun, but it's fun to talk to her, and she's just such a an important resource for women in the community. Um, but also, she didn't really mention this, but also she works with a lot of people with just pain management in general. I think a lot of people go to an acupuncturist to help relieve some pain, and the connection between nutrition and acupuncture is so strong because we're both focusing on healing the body and giving the body back to a state of balance. So and a state of balance naturally if we can. So this is going to be, like I said, it's it's an initial interview that we did for the podcast, and then I'm going to kind of edit it into part of the conversation that we had for her program. And if you are interested in learning more about her upcoming webinar that at the time of this podcast, it's tomorrow, it's on the 19th, definitely snag a a spot in that free webinar because it really dives into some of her methods and she teaches some amazing things that you could just utilize right on the spot. So if you're starting the pregnancy road, down the the pregnancy road, or if you are experiencing infertility or subfertility, or maybe if you have a daughter or a family member or a friend or somebody who is kind of struggling with some of this or the fertility process, share this with them, have them attend her webinar and look into some of the programs that she's about to offer because they are amazing. All right, here is Dr. Dawn Garrison. Hi, Dr. Dawn. Hi, Stephanie. (laughs) How are you? I'm so excited that you're here on the podcast. I'm so excited. This has been something that I've been wanting to um, have you here so that you can talk about all the amazing things that you do. And you have some really exciting things coming up, which we'll talk about in a second. But for those people who don't know who you are, will you give us a super small background on you and who you are, who you help, what you do? 
Okay, yeah. Um, no, no, no rush or anything like that, right? <laughs> um, so my name is Dr. Dawn Garrison. I'm a licensed acupuncturist and content creator. Um, I have been in practice for 11 years, and I have a office in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where I work with people um, with pain and fertility. Um, women's health is a big passion of mine, and so past couple of years, I've also been doing content creation, teaching people on Online, mostly teaching women online um, how to use acupressure points to help heal their body and use Chinese medicine to help heal their body and I'm really really excited it's taken me forever but I have my um, course coming out it's called mindful conception and because of that course I'm gonna be doing a free class as soon as, as kind of like a hooray we're finally here um, that's gonna be on May 19th awesome oh my gosh and you totally skipped over the part that you are a social media influencer. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> posts, um, like, and I think that just goes to show like how receptive people are to the information that you give because mm -hmm. what you share on TikTok and Instagram and all these things are simple things that people can do themselves to help with their self-care and help with their own healing. So when did you start doing that? Why did you start doing that? And, and how has it been for you? So I started actually right before the pandemic. Um, so I started doing TikTok videos in February. And it, the goal actually at that point was to just grow my clinic practice. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up having a video the third, third, was it the third or fourth video I did went viral. Um, it was a very simple acupressure point to help people with headaches because headache is a course a very common thing um, and it ended up having 1.8 million views within the first couple days and I went from you know three followers to 10,000 followers in five days that's amazing that's a lot of headaches it was, <laughs> it was a lot of headaches yeah um, and then it's just kind of grown from there um, I've had you know I talk about headaches, I talk about pain, and then the big, you know, big surge that happened again was last year I started sharing some of um, points and things like that for fertility, and I was getting so many DMs from people all around the world asking me, like, how they could benefit from using acupressure and um, traditional Chinese medicine to help heal their bodies so that they can conceive. And you just hear these like heartbreaking stories. And so I've just been putting out content about that ever since. That's amazing because it's so needed. Can you explain to the people who maybe aren't super familiar with Chinese medicine or acupressure versus acupuncture, can you kind of explain that in like your own words, what that means? Yeah, of course. Um, so the difference between acupuncture and acupressure really is just the method of stimulating that point right so an acupuncture is where you use a filiform needle um, these ones are teeny tiny they're 36 to 40 gauge and just to give you um, a differentiation a gauge that you typically do an injection is anywhere from 12 to 16 so the higher up it goes the smaller it goes so needles are acupuncture needles are typically just a little bit bigger than hair width. Most people don't feel anything. If you do, it feels just like a gentle pinch. Um, so that's acupuncture. Acupressure is you stimulating the point or somebody else stimulating the point 
for you using simple pressure or massage on that particular point. Now, if you're curious what the acupuncture and acupressure points are, um, within our body, within traditional Chinese medicine, we have what are called meridians. And they are meridians that flow throughout our whole entire body. They go from the top of our heads all the way down to our feet. They cover our hands. And there are 12 main meridians that flow within our, our body. The easiest way to think of them is it's like a river. So sometimes these rivers will get blocked and they can get blocked from lots of different things. They can get blocked from accidents, so sports injuries, car accidents, you slip and fall, you know, sprain your ankle, you can create a blockage within one of those channels. Um, another way that you can have a blockage is lifestyle conditions, such as not sleeping enough, maybe not eating the right foods, right? Not eating your rainbow, um, things like that. Another way that you can affect or have a blockage with these are also stress, anxiety, even mental, emotional, or spiritual trauma. So all of these types of things, us going throughout our daily lives, inevitably since we are human we have blockages within these channels and so what the acupressure does is it teaches you how to release those blockages so you have a proper flow within those channels and in chinese medicine we consider when you have a proper flow within all those channels you reach and you get back to what we call a state of homeostasis which is really just where your body is meant to be at yeah yeah, and I mean, your body is meant to be at homeostasis, and it will do everything it can to get back to that homeostasis. It knows how to get there. Yeah. It just needs our help to get out of its way, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sometimes we need, a, we need to be more helpful to, to it versus hindrance. Yes, which is kind of where some of our worlds collide, because we can absolutely hinder it with our nutrition and mm -hmm. with different lifestyle things, but then we can help it with clearing the block, which is what acupuncture and acupressure can do. Yes. Um, which is amazing that, that it, there's so many reasons to do it and there's so many methods that that even simple ones that you teach on tiktok that that somebody can do themselves or i know i've seen you do do them or teach moms how to do them on yes. babies like even babies can benefit from it yeah so that's amazing yeah and that's the most amazing thing is is to watch a baby or even animals too so um kids Kids and animals bounce back faster than we do as adults, um, simply, I think, because we've just got too much going on in our heads. Kids, um, animals, they're just right there. They're in the present moment, and so their bodies are able to respond a lot faster. Oh, that makes so much sense, yes. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of really tailored your next program and um, your focus on women's health and fertility mm -hmm. um, and tell people a little bit about, like, if people are going through that or about to go through that journey, um, tell them about the program that you're going to do. I know you mentioned a little bit, but what can they expect from that? Yeah, so this whole thing is to actually prepare your body for pregnancy. So what I find a lot is that women will go from being on the birth control pill to taking, getting off the birth control pill when they're ready to start trying. And the problem with that, well, there's there's can be men, multiple different issues that come up with that. But it's the concept, right? So if you have not been preparing your body, if you have been, you know, not sleeping well, if you haven't been eating the right foods, if you haven't been exercising, if you haven't been actually taking care of your body, and then you start trying to conceive, you can have a lot of issues with it. Um, you know, unexplained infertility um, is a very, very common diagnosis that I see. And really, um, it's not necessarily, most people don't have 
infertility, right? Like infertility is really where the only way that you can get fertile is through IVF, right? Or IUI or having some sort of medical intervention. Um, some infertility is where your body just needs additional time, additional support to be able to conceive naturally. And so that's a lot of what I focus on in my course is to teach women how to prepare themselves. So what I like to say is that the getting pregnant is just the first step, right? It's not, it's not the whole thing. Getting pregnant is just the first step. We also want to make sure we're preparing our body for the actual pregnancy itself to have a successful pregnancy, but also to have a healthiest baby we possibly can, and then to have a healthy labor, and then a healthy mom and baby on the other side. So I really want to try to shift the framework from like, okay, well, we're, you know, we just got married, or, you know, it's now time, I'm in a good place in my career, and I'm ready to start conceiving to... Let me take a moment and actually prepare my body, give myself the right nutrients, give myself the right amount of sleep, you know, clear any blockages that I may have in my channels that are creating an issue. Um, we talk about, you know, removing in the program itself, we talk about removing things like endocrine disruptors, right? So like our environment is full of toxins. And so how do you start to shift that? How do you start clearing out your system, your body, your environment to be healthy, to actually be in a place where your body is more fertile? So that's what we really talk about. Um, and this program is not just for those who are trying to conceive. This is for those who are trying to conceive and have maybe also are dealing with um, secondary infertility, which is something that happens for a lot of women, but unfortunately, there's not a lot of resources for that, right? Um, and unfortunately, not always as much empathy within the, um, you know, trying to conceive community because, well, the idea is like, oh, well, you already had a kid. But it can be something that can still be, you know, you feel like your family is not complete. And this is something that we can do to kind of help prepare your body maybe the second time. Um, and then the other thing, too, is that for those of you who still do need to have some medical intervention, like with IVF or IUI, I also work with a lot of my patients to prepare their body for that to have a higher success rate, right? Because IVF is so expensive. I mean, here the average cost is $20,000. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's expensive, right? You know, IUIs are typically like anywhere from two to 5,000 and most people have to have at least three series before they even get into IVF. So, you know, for a lot of people that is like $30,000 and unfortunately most health insurances don't cover it. So what I try to do is teach people how that they can help increase their chances of success because when it comes to fertility, a lot of it is success rate, right? It's a lot of it is percentages. So if you learn where your fertility window is, if we can start regulating your cycle so you have an ongoing ovulation, if we can help to increase your endometrial lining so that, you know, if you do have a positive pregnancy, it has a better chance of, you know, implanting. Like all of these things are added up. It's not just one factor, it's multiple factors. So this program helps to teach you how to do it yourself. Um, and there's, a, of course, additional supports and information on all the acupressure points. I have protocols for everything you could possibly imagine. Endometriosis, PCOS, um, you know, fibroid issues, cysts, all of those things. Um, and it also includes 
some dietary information and some supplements, things like that. And Stephanie here has a beautiful um, information that she she just shared with us and some um, basic recipes and things like that. So it's just a really well-rounded course. And I really like how you you talk about this previously. Um, that it's not always, a lot of the focus is on the woman, mm-hmm. but there's a male part of it too. So you talk about pressure points and um, acupressure points and stuff like that. And you had an entire course on male fertility yeah. um, because people just don't connect to that. So it's not always just the woman's issue. It's a partner issue. You know, it, it's both people play a role in that. So supporting and making sure um, the the spouse or the man or the partner is as healthy as possible as well. And sometimes that means blockages get cleared and and certain things too yeah so that's a really great point like it is you know men's fertility men infertility factor is 40 to 50 percent of the reason why so it's it it really is it's 50 50 (laughs) it's a very high percentage and a lot of people when they hear that they're like oh and a lot of the patients that i see in clinic it's not ever just most of the time it's not just either the woman or the man there's typically a combination right and again because if you think about it if the lifestyle is part of what's contributing to this uh, infertility, then a lot of the times that is a collective between the couple itself, right? So anything we can do to kind of help shift that. And I'm never a cold turkey type of person. I'm always a let's let's try to help do this and make it as easy as possible, simple as possible, so you start feeling better, have more energy. That's kind of always been my approach. But yeah, male fertility is definitely a big factor. Um, And I do have a course, it's called Fertile Male, um, and it goes into, it's a full course that also has um, acupressure protocols for mobility and motility and, um, you know, just lots of other things that, that men deal with specifically. And um, kind of as a, like, hey, I'm, I'm finally launching this thing because <laughs> it's been forever. It's taken me, you know. I've been online for a while now. So um, as a thank you to everybody, I am doing a, um, a kind of like a flash bonus. So if you're able to join my webinar or you're able to join my emailing list, um, there is going to be within the first 24 hours, I'm going to give both courses oh together. Um, so that's going to be the, the bonus. We're doing uh, male fertility, so the fertile male and the mindful conception course, so for both couple partners. And um, yeah, that's just for the first 24 hours though. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, definitely, definitely let me know. Oh my gosh, that's so generous. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so you mentioned the webinar, so tell people about that because that's coming up real quick. Yes, yeah, so it's called the three by three phase process to increase your fertility naturally. Um, that's going to be on May nineteenth, and I'm really excited. Um, it talks, it kind of goes into detail, not just about acupressure, but about the whole Chinese medicine approach to fertility. And again, Chinese medicine is a holistic approach. Um, so we view the body from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. And a lot of the times when we're dealing with fertility, there is a mind, body, and spirit component. So I talk, um, you know, and and share some insights about how that works, um, how your body is affected. Um, We talk about 
the different basic phases, the idea of regulating, purging, and tonifying, and all. If those don't make any sense to you, that's fine. We would go into big depth of what that means. But basically, the idea is that, like, I always think of a cup, right? So if you have a trying to make a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. I love coffee. Um, if you're trying to make a cup of coffee, you want to start with a clean cup first, right? So the first stages are really just to kind of help remove anything that could potentially be causing an issue. The next step is basically filling the coffee, right? So if we're going to have a cup of coffee, we have to have like the the coffee in there. And I always like cream and a little bit of sugar. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's my advice. <laughs> so I end up putting in my coffee, my cream and sugar. And so that's the second step, right? Tonifying. We're adding into our body all the good things. And then the last step is regulating. So basically the idea is now that we have the clean cup, the coffee, the sugar, and the cream in the cup, then we have to stir it all together. So that's the idea of regulating. And this is a very ancient um, thought process and way that we approach the body. And it's been really effective. I use it with all my clinic patients. Um, and I think it's going to be extremely beneficial, especially within this concept. I love that. That is so, and it's so easy to understand too. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that the webinar is going to be amazing. So we will put the link to the webinar in the show notes. So people, cause it's coming up when this episode is released, it's coming up the following day. <laughs> so, quick turnaround. But yeah. if this is of interest to you, you want to hear more about what Dr. Don is talking about, or even if you know somebody that might benefit from this, like if you're listening and, and you have like a sibling or a daughter or somebody that is going through this or about to start this journey, mm-hmm. cause sometimes when we're like, yeah, I'm going to have kids. You don't know that infertility is something that, or sub-infertility is something that you're going to face. So we just assume that we're not, but if you're at the beginning phases of this, it's good information here regardless, because should you go down that road, you'll be prepared and you kind right. of know how to prep it. And like you said, even in general, if the fertility is not an issue, you'll still at least have the healthy foundation, which we talk about a lot of um, some of the basic things to have um, you know, already, already done. So. We'll put the the show notes or the link in the show notes to sign up for the webinar. We'll put information about your program as well. Um, How can people find you on TikTok and how can people find you on social? Yeah, so um, on most of the social platforms, I'm just Dr. Dawn Garrison. Uh, TikTok is Carolina Family ACU, but you can also just Google Dr. Dawn Garrison within TikTok and my name will pop up. You'll Google it within TikTok. Yeah, or just Google, you know what I mean. Your search bar. We'll edit that out. Don't worry. Well, this has been so, so fun. Thank you, Don. I've been wanting to have you on for so long, and I'm so glad we were able to do this and collaborate on such a shared thing. And I would love to have you on because I know acupuncture and pressure can influence so many conditions, mm-hmm. and so can nutrition. So we, we overlap nicely in a lot of things. So I'm going to pick your brain in the future, I'm sure, too. Oh, well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Yeah. This has been so much fun. Thanks. Don't you just love her? Oh, I just love her. So I'm going to share next a few minutes, it's about 10 or 15 minutes of a conversation that we had for her fertility program that kind of breaks down how nutrition is related to fertility or those trying to get pregnant. Enjoy. Yeah, which is perfect because this is a a holistic approach, a natural approach, right? The goal here is to actually learn how to heal your body and not need to supplement with things like medications and drugs to be able to achieve fertility, but also to have a lasting health within the pregnancy itself and the birth process and having a healthy baby and mommy on the other side. Yes. Um, And all of that stems from 
eating well mm-hmm. and from exercising and sleep and all these other factors that we're not really taught a lot about in our society. Right. So, um, so can I ask you a couple questions about um, what you have learned and what you like to do when, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm trying to get pregnant, where do you like to start? You have to lay the foundation. That's okay. Foundational things is where I always start with people. I'll ask questions mm-hmm. about just basic things. Are you getting water? How much uh, fruits and veggies are you getting? Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting enough rest? So like you said, it's it's not always just one thing that's gonna be like the ticket to, to get your goal achieved. There's, it's holistic, there's multiple things that go in. So we kind of just lay the foundation and just say like, where are you at right now? Of course, there's no judgment, there's none of that. It's just what is happening right now in your life and let's see where we could tweak things or, or modify things in some way. Now, nutritionally speaking, Um, the things that I see the most when people, especially with fertility issues come to me, um, the things I see the most are not enough fiber, which we'll talk about more. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. um, not enough fruits and vegetables. They're not eating enough in general. That's most of American women are not eating enough in general. Which is crazy because you always think everybody's talking about um, obese. And, and the number one thing that I have patients, especially when they're diagnosed with PCOS, is they come to me and they say, well, my doctor told me to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So automatically they start doing things like cutting out Restriction. and restrictions yeah. and calories and um, all of that other stuff. So to hear you say that women are actually not eating enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of mind blowing. I know. And it's really backwards. And I say that to a lot of people and they're like, no, no, no. And that's just the mentality that we've been fed for decades. It's that restriction calories in, calories out diet mentality Mm -hmm. when that's not the case at all. You know, in my, in my grad school, like we learned all these studies that actually proved that calories do not matter as much as the quality of the calories. The quantity does not matter as much as the quality. There's, you know, there's always those examples where you can get 1200 calories or 1800 calories or 2000 calories of McDonald's or, you know, different um, nutritionally poor foods, or you could get that same amount of nutritionally dense foods and your body's gonna do something differently and it's gonna have a different reaction every single time. So it's really not the matter of how many calories. Like calories matter to a degree, but it's not the only thing to keep track of. That's the thing that I like to try and teach people that it's not only about the calories, it's about the quality. And it's about how how your body is responding to what you're giving it. So talk a little bit more about like the difference between poor quality calories versus nutritionally dense calories. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of think of it like, if you have an apple, that's about what, 150 calories, 200 calories, something like that, mm-hmm. depending on the size of the apple. Mm-hmm. Then you have a Snicker bar that's, let's just say for example, it's 200 calories as well. When you have the apple, the apple also has supportive nutrients. It has enzymes in there. It has lots of vitamins, minerals. It has fiber. It has so many things. It has um, things that feed our good bacteria, which is a whole nother topic. It has a lot to offer it in that 200 calories versus the Snicker bar, Mm -hmm. which you consume that. It's got a lot of processed uh, ingredients in there, meaning um, factory made. It's got a lot of sugars in there. It does have some like proteins and you know things from the peanuts and whatever, but mm-hmm. it has a lot of the additive things that your body now sees as not nutrients because they're chemicals, and now it has to, to do something with it. So it causes inflammation to spike up. It causes your blood sugar to spike up. Oh, and it doesn't have as many other nutrients in there to help support the body in actually absorbing it and, and doing something productive with it. So then give, um, give us an example of what would be good nutrients, especially if you're trying to conceive. Proteins are going to be big. 
Um, you can kind of start with the macros. So the macronutrients, we hear macros a lot, especially in the diet culture world of like counting macros and finding the percentages and all that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of falls on the same line as calories. You know, some people need different percentages and all that. But really when you're talking about in terms of just general Um, nutrition. Mm -hmm. The macros are going to be the proteins, the fats, and the carbs. And they're called macronutrients because we need them in the most amount. You also have micronutrients. So the micronutrients would be things like vitamin A and zinc and vitamin C and all the Bs and all of that. Those are micronutrients because you need them in a smaller amount. You can also, you, you see this when Protein and fats and carbs are measured in grams mm-hmm. versus the micronutrients are measured in milligrams. So it's a smaller amount. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Yeah. That's it. I did not know that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So really making sure that you're getting enough of the macronutrients to mm-hmm. start and then focusing on the micronutrients to make sure that you're getting enough because the micronutrients are all really important for inflammation and hormone balancing and all sorts of other things that yeah. our bodies definitely need, especially when you're preparing to have a baby. So then is there a different level of protein that you need if you're trying to conceive versus every day? I would say um, really not, not until you're actually actively creating a child mm-hmm. that you need um, like any different amount. And But again, when we talk about women that I see in general, they're not getting mm-hmm. enough calories and they're not getting enough protein. That's the thing that we tend to not get enough of. Um, And there's a big difference between things like plant-based proteins and animal source proteins. We tend to absorb the animal source proteins a little bit better than we do the plant-based. It doesn't mean that plant-based isn't good, but if you are more plant-based, you're going to want to try and add more of the plant-based proteins to your diet and kind of try and get more sources of them to help your body absorb it better. Interesting. Okay. So what, can you give us a couple of examples of what you consider like animal protein and what you consider um, good plant-based protein? Yeah. So animal proteins would be like your typical chickens, fish, Mm -hmm. um, steak, that type of stuff. Um, And then the plant-based would be more nuts and seeds. So like flax seeds, chia seeds, um, chickpeas, lentils, beans, those are all plant-based proteins that are they also carry a lot of fiber and fiber is really important especially with hormone balancing Um, and again most of Americans aren't getting enough fiber either interesting okay so how did can you explain to us a little bit I'm gonna kind of jump around Um, explain to us a little bit about how fiber works for um, fertility especially but hormone balancing yes so fiber we all kind of think of fiber in with our digestive system Mm -hmm. and it is super important for that so when when you're not getting enough fiber things get backed up, things stop. And yes, it's uncomfortable, you feel bloated, you feel like you know you get constipated and all these things, but other things that are happening within your digestive system mm-hmm. are um, you know, the, the microbiome within your digestive tract are filled with hundreds of millions and trillions of little bugs, basically. I call them bugs, people don't like that word, but I call them like little <laughs> microbes, you know. They're in there and they are thriving. They're, they're, it's like a little city. I always give the example, it's like a little city where mm-hmm. you have um, a thriving population and there's some good guys in there and there's some bad guys in there, but the good guys help keep the bad guys in check and it's all good. Um, so there are, there's a lot of things that are happening within that, but some of the, some of the, the role, the job of the microbiome Mm -hmm. is to produce hormones and it's to help uh, process out byproducts of old hormones. So we talk about estrogens, we talk about estrogen dominance, right? And estrogen dominance can happen when the old estrogens come from your liver and are sent to your digestive tract to be flushed out. If the flushing out process isn't happening because you're constipated, you're not getting enough water, you're not getting enough fiber, the, the old deteriorated estrogens can get reuptake into your system and cycle back through your system. So now it's 
not in a proper form of estrogen, but it can help, it can drive up the estrogen and create estrogen dominance. So that can obviously cause some issues. Interesting. Okay. So you can, so what you're telling me and just, I'm trying to be as clear as possible for everybody out there. So listen up is that, um, your hormones are also based in your gut, not just because most people think that our hormones are based in things like a pituitary gland and a hypothalamus mm-hmm. and like it's all that connection. But you're saying, and obviously our ovaries, um, but you're saying that our hormones are also based in our gut. And so if our gut is healthy, our hormone levels can be healthy too. Right. And uh, they may not be created, like your adrenals will create, you know, the adrenal hormones and stuff like yeah. that. They're not created in your gut, but they have an impact within your gut. Okay. So, okay. Yes. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then, so basically, so we've talked about the importance of protein mm-hmm. and we've talked about the importance of fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what about now I'm assuming vegetables and fruit also play into that fiber piece. Mm-hmm. What are good sources of fiber besides just fruits and vegetables that you really, um, suggest for people when they're trying to conceive? So fruits and vegetables are going to be my number one go-to. Like you, we, most of us need to get more fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fiber, there's also um, antioxidants in there that help tame inflammation. And um, the good bacteria actually eats the the phytonutrients within them. So phytonutrients literally means phyto means plant, and nutrients is nutrients. So it's nutrients from plant. Mm-hmm. It's phytonutrients. And when you think about fruits and vegetables, I'm going to go off on a fruit and veggie. No, please do. No, go for it. When you think about fruits and vegetables, you think about their bright colors. So you think about red apple or Mm -hmm. green grapes or Mm -hmm. red watermelon, whatever. So they all have their bright, vivid colors. Mm -hmm. The thing that gives them their bright, vivid colors are the phytonutrients within them. So there's multiple different chemically named, not chemical, but like, you know, scientific names for the different phytonutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't necessarily have to worry about getting every single amount of every single thing. I just tell people to focus on getting more colors, getting more colors, getting a rainbow of colors in your diet, because that assures that you're going to get a good array of the phytonutrients. And what's interesting, and actually I just learned this a mm-hmm. little bit ago, is that when you eat a fruit and veg- or a fruit or a vegetable, mm-hmm. your gut bacteria actually feeds off the phytonutrients. So it's not necessarily, oh. and it feeds off the fiber as well, but it feeds off the phytonutrients mm-hmm. and that's what helps get it. And then it will process it. And we actually get the, the benefit from it, from the, the regurgitated phytonutrient. So if you've ever made your own like kimchi, or yes. if you've ever seen like the, the, the jar start with like the bright purples and the bright reds and all the pretty colors mm-hmm. a day or so later, it's dull. And that's because the, the fermented bacteria is eating the color. It's eating the phytonutrients in there. And it's giving the nutrient to the bug. And so when we consume the bug, we get that. So, oh, interesting. Anyways, I thought that was cool. So Yeah, that is really cool. I never knew yeah. that either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So eat your rainbows. Eat and- your rainbows. Yes. And it doesn't necessarily mean, like, I actually have a chart that I uh, created for some kids, but I actually let adults use it more (laughs) than the kids do. Yes, Um, please share it with us. (laughs) Yeah, so it's basically, like, all the different colors of the rainbow. So you got your red, orange, yellow, green, purple, blues, whatever. And then it has the day of the week. And so it's not that you have to get every single color every single day. Mm -hmm. It's more like you can kind of get a good estimate of, hey, it's Thursday and I haven't had anything yellow. So that way it's kind of a reminder, like I'm going to make a yellow choice today and I'm going to get some yellow peppers or whatever into my day so that you're ensuring that you're getting a variety within your day. Because it's really easy to stick with the same apple and the same strawberries and the same things. And before you know it, you're like, I only had green things this week. I didn't have any of the other colors. So that's a lot of times what we work on too. 
Oh, that, see, and that's what I do too, is I think of like, I go through phases where I just eat spinach or kale or broccoli or Brussels sprouts, and you're right, it's all green, Mm -hmm. right? And then occasionally I maybe eat strawberries or blueberries or something like that, but you have their favorites, but I didn't even think about that. That makes so much Mm -hmm. sense. Okay. Um, So with, with sourcing these, now, have you noticed any difference between when people say fruits and vegetables, you're talking specifically fresh fruits and vegetables, um, is there any difference that happens if somebody like flash steams it versus like baking it versus dried? Um, what happens nutritionally when people process these types of um, fruits and vegetables? Yeah, I mean, there is a little bit of a, a change nutritionally when you mm-hmm. cook things, the longer you cook things, certain nutrients will be degraded a little bit. I like to just say any vegetable is a good vegetable. Like okay. anything, whether it's canned, frozen, fresh, pureed, boiled, whatever. Yes, you will lose a little bit of the nutrients, but it's better than having nothing at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and and same with like canned versus like jarred. I get that question a lot too. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I can only afford canned vegetables or I only have access to canned vegetables Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I say, great. As as long as you can, um, in a canned thing, especially with vegetables, it's usually sodium that is the issue. So we want to drain it, put it in a strainer, open up the can, put it in a strainer and rinse it under the the water because that helps wash away any excess sodium and any excess byproduct from the can. And um, that can actually reduce the sodium by quite a bit if you can just simply rinse it off and do that. And the same for fruits, like certain jarred or canned fruits like Mm -hmm. oranges or peaches. Um, It has a lot of excess sugars or like the syrups or the juice type of thing. Um, you still want to put that in a strainer and rinse that off as best you can because it gets a lot of that excess stuff off. Okay. See, that makes a lot of sense. I always thought, think about it more from like the the BPA and like the chemicals that are within mm-hmm. the actual cans, right? So it's the same thing. Yep. You want to make sure that anytime you're using anything canned, um, you rinse it thoroughly because right. a lot of that can get rinsed off. Yes. So yeah, but it makes sense with the sodium and especially with the sugar because a lot of fruits like you said, have a lot of extra syrup in it, and we don't need that additional sugar. Right. Um, so can you talk a little bit about sugar as well? Because I, oh, yes. I know, because this is a big subject, and especially with PCOS, right? For a lot of those women, they have a insulin resistance that kind of comes along. It's one of the factors that is diagnosed for PCOS. Mm-hmm. So how, one, how, well, let's just talk about it, and I'll ask questions as we go along. Okay. So I feel like there's a lot of questions. Yeah. So sugar in general, I have a lot to say about sugar, so you'll have to probably stop me. Okay. <laughs> um, some of the things, especially with women and especially with PCOS, um, yes, insulin resistance is a big thing, and mm-hmm. we, we definitely talk a lot about balancing out with proteins and with fats and with fiber, balancing mm-hmm. out some of the meals that you're having and spacing them ap- appropriately so you don't have those spikes and crashes, which mm-hmm. can cause um, insulin resistance to be worse. Um, but the thing that I talk a lot about that nobody really mentions a lot is your liver and how sugar impacts your liver. Right, that is a little clip of what we talked about within Dr. Dawn's upcoming program. I have show notes and the links in the show notes if you are interested in learning more about what we are talking about or if this is uh, impactful or applies to you in your phase of life currently or if you know somebody who is about to go through 
the pregnancy or fertility journey, please direct them to Dr. Dawn's program. She has that upcoming webinar free class happening on the 19th. So that's tomorrow if you're listening to this uh, as it's released. So definitely grab a spot there. You can also get the replay. So even if you can't make it live, you can get the replay and uh, it, you'll have some great information in there as well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I enjoyed creating it. And I hope you have a great rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.